We are Michael Vesey in London, England. And Jason Miles in Seattle, Washington. More importantly, you are the owner of a thriving online business and you want to become the best e-commerce leader you can be. We're here to get you there. For show notes with links and resources mentioned today and for other GC resources like downloads, just visit our blog, theecommerceleader.com. Well, ladies and gentlemen, bad news, inflation. Inflation is a subject often argued about by two sets of people whose opinions are at best limited in trust, and that's probably putting it politely. First of all, economists, the practitioners of the so-called dismal science of economics, and stock market pundits on TV. So it'd be lovely to just focus on running our e-commerce businesses undisturbed by seeming economic theory or talking heads. Sadly, in the real world, right now, inflation is hitting us hard in e-commerce, very hard, right now and every day. Uh, if we hope it all just goes away, I think we leave ourselves vulnerable to whatever comes next. So as true business leaders, I think we need to see the waves coming and position ourselves to ride the waves, not get swamped or even drown in the waves. Jason, are you ready to dive into today's topic? Yeah, man, this is going to be a good one. Inflation is top of mind for everybody. We don't usually do topics that are in the news. You know, this, <laughs> this might be the first topic we've ever covered that's actually like a news item concurrently with when we were going to talk about it. Usually our stuff is way more obscure for just e-commerce sellers, but this one touches everybody. And I think it's, an, it's a valuable topic. And of course, as e-commerce sellers, I think we do have specific actions we can take. And in fact, we have a list of nine or 10 things that we're going to go through today in the podcast that are specific uh, approaches e-commerce sellers can take. So yeah, I'm excited about this one. It's going to be great. Yeah, it's it's not a fun topic. And as you say, it's not because it's current that really I think we should address it. And when you mentioned mm -hmm. it, mm -hmm. it just keeps coming up naturally in conversation with e-commerce um, operators everywhere. I mean, it's it's actually hitting us harder and yeah. more immediately, I think, in e-commerce than the wider economy. I think we're kind of on the front end of the shockwave, really. Okay, wait, why do you keep saying it's not a fun topic? Because I think this is a fun topic. I mean, it's interesting. You have to <laughs> no, learn I think something it's, new. And I think it's, it's intellectually not. fascinating. I just think it's not fun to experience it if, if your cost prices go up. Okay, wait, well, 20, 30 percent. <laughs> now we're going to be meta for a moment. Do you feel victimized by the inflation that's occurring, or do you feel do you feel out of control about it all, or do you feel like you have a measure of control? This is getting meta. Sorry, but this isn't even in the script or anything. But. This is very interesting. Well, yeah, I feel. Do I feel victimized by it? I feel. Put it this way: if you don't take some drastic steps, yeah, you're yeah. going to be a victim. Yeah. And okay. most of the sellers I work with are at the moment currently victims of massively increased cost prices. Not so much just in China, but the freight. Like the just just to bring it home, the e-commerce inflation reality at the moment china's factory gates are up about six percent average i think in okay. for you was some sort of general economic statistics i read but for the people i'm working with generally speaking it's higher than that maybe up to 10 percent because they can't they're not sony or walmart they can't put in massive orders and get the yeah. best prices so the second maybe, thing is oh, freight oh. which is uh, up internationally about 400 percent on last year it's just yeah. absolutely insane so that that feels like your victim in a way. I mean, it's just, it, it, but <laughs> let's just put it this way. It's a great topic and there are actions that you can take that move 100%. you out of victim mode and into active operator mode. Cause you know, entrepreneurs aren't victims very, we, we like to impose reality. You know what I mean? We like to like take charge of stuff. 
So I think that's it, some of the tension there. Okay, so let's keep True. going. Let's, okay, let's keep going. Let's, All right. Yeah, well, I was just going to say, I mean, the, the broad two areas that I think we're going to address, Jason, is, is inflation happening, which is the yes. first question, which is a big sort of pundity kind of question. And the yeah. second, much more important, what should we do about it? And I agree right. with you that as entrepreneurs, we should be responsive to the environment. I think the idea of imposing control is mm-hmm. possibly a little bit wishful thinking when you're dealing with literally global trends, but you can certainly position yourself. And I suppose mm-hmm. that's the word I used at the beginning is position yourself to why either ride a wave or stay out of the way of a big one that would crush you yeah. rather than try and impose control i guess but uh, yeah. either which way yes there is 10 list of 10 things we can do about it certainly not advocating despair that that is the last thing it's definitely things we can do to address it so we start with the question is inflation happening so you already cited a few statistics so in your opinion obviously it is occurring we all are feeling it that in that regard what else is top of mind for you as it answering that question is it happening yeah, I think in a way what matters, and just to bring it back to the e-commerce leader, not the economist, sort of am- amateur economist hour podcast, right? We're here to serve yeah. e-commerce leaders. And I think what matters is that whether inflation is present in general is one question, but whether it's present in e-commerce is a much more mm-hmm. sharp edge <laughs> pressing question. I would say it definitely is. The, the other thing to bear in mind, if, if you see a mismatch between perhaps your world in, e- in e-commerce, particularly if you're importing from China above all or importing from anywhere else, but not only... And what you hear on the news, I hear a bit of a mismatch. I hear like people going, mm, is there inflation? I'm going, my God, there's so much inflation here. And the reason there's a mismatch is because inflation rates given by governments or central banks are an average across a basket of goods, as they call it. So just like real estate, a bland average can hide a huge variation in specific right. areas. So I think that's why not only is inflation happening for, for anyone who's importing, but anyone who's vulnerable to that supply chain, even mm-hmm. if you buy in America, somebody in America's probably bought a lot of the goods uh, or parts of the goods from abroad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And therefore, I, I don't see uh, any of us who buy goods to, to resell or make have a goods made abroad, avoiding it, whatever the general economy says. Yeah, it's an interesting uh, point. I, I think that it's almost like it, it pops up here and there. Or, you know, it hits the economy here and there in different ways. I think what happened last year, if I reflect back on it now, it's kind of interesting because you could ask the question, is the demand for something going spiking? Like, you know, we have clients we work with on the coaching businesses and some of their suppliers literally said, sorry, uh, I'm completely sold out. Well, what those suppliers actually should have done was radically raise their prices. But they didn't do that because they didn't realize they were in an inflationary environment. So they just sold through all their supply. Other suppliers, I think, kind of later, like in the lumber uh, sector right now, they realized, wait, 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 we can't sell through our supply. So they raised their prices radically. So then, you know, then then you're like, what in the world? A two by four for, you know, went from 93 cents to like, you know, four dollars. Or whatever it is, eleven dollars. I mean, wood supply is going crazy. So, so I think that's how this stuff happens: is sector by sector, business by business. People realize something's happening that's weird, and then they react or make a, a, a choice about whether to pass along those uh, that that impact to their customers. Sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. Obviously, that's a situation all of us are in right now: is do we pass it along? Uh, and, and some people are have been positively impacted by all this stuff. Some businesses have been radically helped by all this stuff. Others have been hurt by it. And others are just like, what's happening? I don't know, but you know, whatever. I'm in the middle somewhere. So, yeah. Interesting point. And I, to that question, which is a very practical question. And by the way, so you made, you prompted me to think about one of the 
practical responses to this, which I've changed from a rather abstract one, which is possibly raising prices, because right. that's when the general perception of price for the consumers mm -hmm. does matter, is on right. the selling side. So yeah. if you're selling on Amazon or you're on Shopify site and you're yeah. importing from China, as this very typical scenario then, mm -hmm. or anywhere else really, yeah. particularly China, then of course you've got a decision to make that if your costs have gone shooting through the roof and right. you stand to make a loss or no profit at all, mm -hmm. or very thin profits compared to what it was last year, and then can <clears throat> yeah. you do you pass it on? And then that comes down to who blinks first with your competition and, and also the general perception, because it's one of those self-fulfilling yeah. things that if the pundits all say inflation yeah. is rising, then everyone kind of expects it. People at the factories yeah. want more, more pay, the labor market, you know, yeah. demands more money and so on and so forth. Okay, so we're getting into already the actionable. See, I dragged you right into the actionable action did, uh, did, yeah. activities. But okay, let's keep talking about this stuff for a moment. Theoretically, though, is the question yeah. is really about supply and demand. That's the, 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 you know, the hinge that this all swings on is this question of what is the supply available and what is the demand for it? And if you're a middleman in the universe of supply, you know, you've got some manufacturing that occurs or you put stuff together, you've got component parts that go into what you sell, then, you know, the, the question is, what is your, you know, the supply related to your component parts and how does that pass along? So that's sort of the, the tenets of what we're looking at, right? What's happening on the supply side? What's happening on the demand side? And whether we can all figure it out together for our own businesses. Yeah. Broadly speaking, I agree. And that's the immediate and everyday thing that we see. I do think if you take a medium term view, like even two or five years, that, that there are a couple of other things that are maybe more important mm -hmm. than they might initially appear. I don't disagree with supply and demand. It's a very robust mm -hmm. piece of classical economics. Everything else is up for a bit more debates, but there are mm -hmm. a couple of other factors that I think we, we need to examine. But I'll come to those in a sec. I mean, let's, uh, sure, let's sure, talk sure. supply and demand. As you say, it is the kind of yeah. meat and potatoes of economics. Yeah. So I guess the question is, what has happened in the last year that has, like, what is happening? Like, why is all of this feel like it's out of whack or un in flux? What in the world did we just encounter in the last, you know, uh, 12 to 24 months? And how has it impacted us, you know, business-wise? You mentioned about costs in China. Other mm. people in the comments are saying our shipping is getting is killing us. Our yeah. shipping is killing. So thank you for the feedback in the comments as well, those who aren't watching live. So let's talk through a little bit about that. What do you think is the critical pressure, you know, on the on the demand side? Why is demand spiking? Let's talk through the demand side first and then we'll talk about supply, I guess. Yeah, I mean, it's worth revisiting the very basics just to keep it clear-minded because a lot of the time this stuff isn't complex. But once the detail comes, you'd lose the basics, which is if demand exceeds supply, prices normally go up. If mm -hmm. supply is decreased, even demand stays the same, prices would go up. But I think what's happening is fairly simple, which is that demand has spiked, particularly in the e-commerce sector specifically, for fast-moving consumer goods or, you know, normal consumer consumables. And yeah. and that's because everyone was stuck at home on their keyboard, particularly in the UK, I think also in Germany and places like that, and the US as well. So, so that's a that's basic theory. Uh, basic Ecom 101 says if if demand goes up, prices rise. Yeah. But I think what I just said is also true, which is if demand goes up, sellers sell out. Yes. That's also an option. Yeah. But the other people who have not <laughs> sold out will realize that their competition's out of stock and raise right. their prices. So, so ultimately, like, somebody's going to get yeah. raised prices and higher it's, profits. <laughs> it's like the first whack, like demand goes up. Surprise. Yes. The, the sellers sell out and they're like, 
what just happened? We had an amazing yeah. day. We had an amazing week. Wait, we had an amazing month. Wait, yeah. we had an amazing quarter. Wait, we're totally out of supply. Yeah. Our business is ruined. <laughs> it's because they're not realize, responding. And then yeah. they get supply back in. They, they yeah. get stock in. And then they say to themselves, we can't do that again. We can't yeah. sell at these prices. We, we're going to sell out of our inventory. We just got a container. It took us three months. We can't sell it all in like, you know, uh, overnight. We better... Yeah raise our prices right absolutely so right well yeah certain. well look now you're talking about the action piece because obviously supply and demand and determine yeah. price but price kind of also d- determines speed of, of sales right yeah, so yes sure. you're absolutely right that's okay. you're you're bang on with your insights there i think i mean that's exactly how i've said to somebody and they uh-huh. said one of my a belgian clients now we're getting into the actionable stuff but hey the belgian guy that, that i work with who is selling stuff that was just flying out the door and i said right when's your stock going to come in he said okay december the 20th i yeah. said well that's no good for christmas so you you need to manage such that you will run out of stock on about the 20th of December and he managed price to manage his stock levels and by coincidence he doubled his price that was never the aim the aim is to not run out of stock right. but to maximize the money you make from your stock is is 100% the right thing to do right. which is yeah a more actionable side thing okay so why why is demand spiking we can talk through this right so in covid when covid hit people stockpiled just like where's the toilet paper we don't we don't have enough toilet paper i don't know why everyone always obsesses over their bathroom breaks but they've got to hoard toilet paper and other things so so demand spikes for such things obviously we were all at home working from home you know so the the demand spiked for some things but demand completely evaporated for other things which of course has hit the economy in very weird ways you know no one could go to restaurants no one could go to the movies no one could go you know out to on a cruise or whatever so demand was completely pent up in a lot of ways for some things and in other things it just you know it was like give me more books give me more toilet paper give me more you know whatever movies or what you know home you know netflix episodes Mm. So that's kind of what's dri- driven the demand side of this is just the COVID implication of this stuff, right? What what else is driving demand pressure, do you think? Anything? Well, it's an interesting question because I think a lot of it, the, the, the question of timing comes in. And we're recording this in early June 2021. And the question mm-hmm. is, okay, so there was an excessive demand. Therefore, that kind of soaked up the supply that was available for a while. Is that just going to kind of play through and be balanced out in the mm-hmm. next two or three months? And I guess that that you could say that the demand pressure is probably off now to some degree for a lot of the products that were under crazy demand that you've just mm-hmm. mentioned. Mm-hmm. And I imagine that the, the demand, you know, people have only got so much time and money to spend and they're probably spending it in pubs right now, less than in front of, you know, in Britain mm-hmm. anyway, and, and less in front of the, you know, stuck in front of, of Amazon stuff. shopping yeah. away. Yeah. yeah. That said, though, so that's the demand side. I'm not sure. It's it's a complicated, messy thing. But I think that the demand side, don't forget that it's not just e-commerce doesn't work in a vacuum because 90% in the US or whatever it is, 86%, whatever it ends up being, 80%, most of the retail happens in physical retail in the US. Right. Yeah. In the UK, is more e-commerce buyers than anywhere else in the world, I think. But yeah. even so, most of it's physical. So they still yeah. manufacture stuff in factories in China and they still ship it in the same yeah. um, shipping containers and the same ships. Yeah. So that's still going to be you know it could be that there's a massive spike in demand that comes from people physically going to retail and that's very speculative mm-hmm. i just don't know but i don't necessarily think the demand is going to drop i just don't think it's going to be quite as dramatic this year as it was okay anyway. so that's demand now yeah. there's also this other tension though which is the supply side of things yeah like so biggie, for example we have a coaching client we work with who one of their component parts is top bottle tops mm-hmm. and uh, and they just couldn't get them and, and they were selling like gangbusters in every way, shape, and form, except they couldn't get their 
their bottle tops. So they were scrounging the world, worldwide, scrounging for bottle tops. Can I get, can I buy you know can I buy, can I buy twenty thousand bottle tops from you? No. How about you over here? Uh, do you know anyone in in India that I can find some bottle tops from or wherever? And uh, so this the supply just evaporated on that side of things, and so that was the cha- their challenge, and so that that impacted their supply chain radically, and they had to work through that and solve it. And so that's so supply side. So let's talk about that. What is what is the supply side? mean? How has it impacted e-commerce sellers? And oh, wow. what are your thoughts on supply side issues? Wow, where do we start? I, I think this is the real driver of the inflation of prices, as which is to say that as e-commerce um, middle middlemen or middle people, intermediaries, whichever word you want, we're experiencing right now. Now, whether that gets passed on to the consumer and to what degree is a, a very, very interesting question we've addressed. But First of all, um, COVID shut down Chinese factories, which is kind of the world's factories. Is it a third? Is it half of the world's manufacturing? It's certainly a huge percentage. Mm-hmm. And that was in early 2020. And obviously, they've come back on stream to say, I don't know, 80, 90% capacity. But even a 10% capacity constraint can actually raise prices by a surprisingly large amount if demand stays the same. Mm-hmm. And I think to some extent, that's what's happening. I mean, if you, if you, for example, you're going to buy some stuff at a market and somebody, there are 100 people wanting some stuff and there are 100 units then they can also buy at a certain price if you've got 100 people wanting some stuff and you only have you know five units left at the end suddenly you're going to get a very you know if you've got 10 people wanting five things you get a price war and i think in simplistic terms that's one of the things that's happened covid shut down many uk us eu factories and they've been struggling to get back on stream they're at social distancing so the capacity is just less Mm -hmm. raw materials have been in short supply and that doesn't help either because they're also under the same kind of situation self self-isolation also but i think that the the freight sort of um limitations is there's quite a lot of complexities there that i discussed in detail with the freight for the other day for my for the podcast that is a really very major bottleneck the other stuff is kind of bad that is just horrendous and i think that's really the big driver behind the the and so the the shipping side the global Mm -hmm. shipping costs just those guys didn't screw around did they they immediately transitioned their costs to the to their customers i mean those guys had their finger on the trigger to raise their prices instantly and uh, we all felt that when we were trying to do stuff so yeah i think that that the the shipping thing is an interesting one the question is i guess i mean who cares why they did it or what goes into it i mean we all we all we all know there was a huge container ships stuck in the Suez Canal or wherever for like, you know, two weeks. And that clogged up the whole global shipping universe. But it's like beyond that, like, okay, wait, why is all this costing so much more? The the factories don't have products. You know, it seems as if th- there were issues that you would think would lower the demand for shipping, but it didn't happen that way. It, it, the shipping demand radically increased apparently and i don't know if it's passed on well, to us that's an or do you question. think it was you don't think it was vol- volume related issues no i think it is volume related issues but i think the supply okay. side has been more of an issue and i did speak to somebody um on for the podcast on well last week for who's been in the business for 20 years of supply chain management and i think as far as i can tell there's just a huge lack of capacity i mean if you bear in mind that india which is about one in six people mm-hmm. on the planet is in india or, or india mm-hmm. and pakistan they have a terrible issue with covid right now so not mm-hmm. only are those factories offline but a lot of ships shipping containers and other shipping okay. assets are stuck there mm-hmm. they're All just that. not being moved because it wouldn't be allowed you know because uh-huh. of infection risk the other thing is that as the money to be made but also that the frantic demand is there between china and the usa ships are being stuck in, in shipping lanes 
uh, for example, if there's ships yeah. in Turkey that would normally go to Egypt to transport stuff or even, say, Turkey mm -hmm. to Australia or some obscure shipping route, they're now not being moved. So it's a little bit uh -huh. like if you have a, a storm and, and there's trains in the wrong place, it takes a long time to get them back in the right place. And they're not even bothering to move them back in the right place. They haven't right. got the incentive. Yeah. So there's a lot of ships that are just not available. There's a lot of freight containers that are just not available yeah. for various reasons. And my understanding is, therefore, they just simply have really strong demand, maybe not ex really incredible, but stronger yeah. than usual, but a very much reduced amount of yeah. uh, freight containers, people to, to operate them, and freight ships and other such things. And that's where the problem really starts to dig very deep. You know, this all would be completely theoretical for me, except for the fact that for our charity, we just literally, like, as we record this, it was last Tuesday, so like six, seven, uh, five days ago, we imported 40,000 pairs of girls' underwear from Jakarta, Indonesia, into Durban, South Africa. And uh, so went through that whole process and then got them freight, you know, on, on the truck up to Lusaka, Zambia. And uh, so watching that process was fascinating. And it did take a long time. So I guess I have firsthand experience in this crazy thing, although I don't have enough experience to know whether it was fast or slow or expensive or inexpensive. But it is interesting to see the demand worldwide and how these things work. Okay, so this is feeling all very theoretical at the moment. But uh, well, let's just can I just on call you on one... that? Sorry, sorry, but oh, yeah, go ahead, definitely, go ahead. definitely not theoretical. I, if I may say so, I mean, like, I, I guess you haven't okay. been in that business. I guess but not actionable yet. The okay, ten, not actionable. Action. Yeah, but it is a very untheoretical pain. So they've yes. got ten k collected members that are paying $12,000 for a container yeah, from sure. China East Coast to UK when last year the same size container was 4000 So yeah, it, sure. it's a very okay. big difference. But yes, you're right, not actionable. But Absolutely let's talk, correct. Before we get into the actions, actionable items, let's just touch on the government policy related stuff. You know, the mm. quantitative easing is happening. Yeah. And then also, I don't know how the lay of the land works in the uh, United Kingdom and Europe, but for the U.S., the governmental opportunity for a business owner was a couple things. There was a, a grant program called the IDLE program, and then there was a, a PPP you know, process for, in essence, sort of a loan that was forgivable, theoretically, if you get it forgiven. And uh, so that was, in essence, a money, a money opportunity and, and input from the government. And what are your thoughts on what's happening right now with quantitative easing, the money supply, the ability to get cash through government programs or other, okay. other methods? So assuming that we're still talking about the is it happening and, and what I guess the why yeah. question is what we should have said it, it, with the inflation. And I don't yeah. apologize for talking about the facts behind inflation because it may sure. seem like an obscure thing, but it's such a big reality we're going to have to deal with, I think, for maybe <laughs> the next two years. So if you're talking about those as root causes for inflation mm -hmm. as opposed to an opportunity, which we'll talk about the actionable stuff, mm -hmm. we, we will definitely have got a big old list of that. But stimulus money, so helicopter money, as they call it in the US, furloughing in the UK, mm -hmm. or grants to small businesses or big Big businesses or quantitative easing is slightly different, all of yeah. which basically puts more money out there and circling right. around chasing the same amount of goods or services. And that basically, especially mm -hmm. if you're a monetarist like Milton Friedman to, to sort of mention somebody, if you want to go deeper into this, if you're a nerd like me, but it basically is it, the, the basic root cause of inflation if you're that kind of person. So it's not just supply and demand. Yeah. If you print a load of money, then you generally push towards inflation over time. And that's, it's been such an unsubtle amount that I would be amazed if it doesn't show up somewhere. Shocking amounts, a yeah. crazy amount. Yeah. <laughs> very, so very large amount. trigger for many people is like, wait, 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 how much money is the you know, governments of the world dumping into the economies? What is going to happen? One thing, prices are going to go up. 
So, yeah. Okay. So, so that whole component, we can talk through the merits of that or, you know, the <laughs> ills of that or not or whatever, but it, who cares at this point? It's happened. It's out there. The governments have done what they've done as operators yeah. of businesses. We just need to say to ourselves, how does that impact my business? What are the risks, rewards, opportunities, threats, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. One, one final point, again, before we get into how do we respond as e-commerce operators or managers or, or business yeah. owners, one of the government policy thing that is going to drive inflation quite strongly is, is tax uh, policy. And again, yeah. they've become such a political thing. And I know you hate your politics. We're not going to get into is it good, bad or indifferent. Yeah. But the fact is, when you've got huge government debt, that is, it was a big percentage of, of GDP in, in the UK, USA, a lot of uh, EU economies, even before COVID, is now massive. massive yeah. There's They've got to, you know, probably do a number of things to pay that off one of which i think is inflation that's actually the government's friend even though they would never never dare to say it and the other one is tax you know well the first one is also referred to as debasing your currency Mm. which you know the the now we get into the gold bugs and the crypto bugs you know the people who believe that the governments are debasing their currency to get out of their obligations yeah elegantly yeah might not be wrong I think and the question right. is, <laughs> if that's occurring and no one's saying it, like, hey, how do you pay it? You know, because so, okay, sorry, I don't want to get into politics. Trust me, just stop the recording if we get into politics. But let me just, <laughs> let me just, you know, say this. When politicians say, we're borrowing from our grandkids, we don't have the money. We're borrowing, we're, we're, we're you know, we're, we're borrowing this from our, from our future generations or whatever. It's not true. That's not how it works. You don't borrow anything from the future. What you do is you just are going into debt. And the, the, there is no from the future borrowing. That's just a stupid theoretical phrase, at least in the U.S., people frequently say hmm. when they want to increase the debt. And there is no there is no such thing as borrowing from your grandkids. The only thing that's actually occurring is massive new debt. And the only solution to that is pay it off or the monetary you tool you use to pay for it you you debase Mm -hmm. and if you've gone to zimbabwe i have been there if you've gone to romania i've been there and eastern europe countries they will talk to you like in eastern europe i never forget sitting and talking to elderly people we would go to hospitals this was in you know the early 90s uh, and uh, we'd go to hospitals and pray for people and and chat with people right after the fall of the berlin wall and we'd talk to these people and, and we'd ask them, what, what's your situation? And, you know, how, how, what, what did you do in your career? And many of the elderly people there would say, well, I, I'm a pensioner. That's the phrase they use. Now, that's not a common phrase in the U.S. A pensioner. Oh, okay. What's a pensioner? Well, I, I receive, and they would say an amount in their currency from the government. And so I guess it's like Social Security. Well, the amount they would say was like $150 in U.S. terms a month. Now, 25 years earlier, that was a full living wage for those people. What happened? Their currency got completely debased. And so, in current economic terms, they were getting just a pittance. And they still got their pension. They were still receiving their pension. And so, this is possibly what is occurring in Western civilization, in in the U.S. and in England, which is 
the debasing of our currency, which means, yes, your mortgage will be almost a meaningless number in the future, but so so, so will your social security payments, which yeah. is horrific. I mean, it's like, wait, I what? think you've just described the future of, of every so-called developed country. And it's, it's well, I mean, we're getting, you know, mm-hmm. to very big things now. But I mean, first yeah. of all, yeah, in Britain, by the way, we call them pensioners as well. It's okay. a standard yeah. word. Yeah. But um, yes, it is unsustainable to have a pension plan that was set up when, and again, I'm not debating the rights or wrongs of it. I'm just talking yeah. about economics here. When you set up the pension, scheme in the UK, which is a little bit later in Germany and possibly a bit earlier in the US, but very similar. Early 20th century, there were nine workers for every retired person. There are now yeah. one, there are two workers for every retired person in the UK. And the demographics of the UK, like EU, and not yeah. as extreme in, in America, actually, you have more yeah. young people there, are such that that will not be sustainable for much longer. So yeah. you put your finger on a harsh reality, which is actually another issue. But you're right. I mean, basically, inflation is the government's friend when you have a lot of debt, but it's horrendously unpalatable to a lot of the, the populace, and therefore they have to sneak it in. But I, yeah. I think it is basically a very powerful incentive for any government or any central bank to have inflation at a yeah. certain level to wipe out your debt, so, or at least to reduce the value of those in real terms. So Exactly right. Yeah, It's okay, a sad so- and frightening thing, but that, that's that's the kind of just you've capped it off with a a very uncharacteristically dark but i believe 100 accurate summary jason very unlike you jason went all went all michael on everyone for a minute there and like this is the dark future of western civilization well it's you know it's funny because i i think the reason is because when i went to eastern europe i was like in my 20s and you you know you just ask yourself the question what happened there what happened with the, you know, the former Soviet bloc countries? You know, you go to the pe- Palace of the People in Romania and you see this building that's the wor- b- biggest building in the world, and it's beautiful. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a fantastic building, but it's it ruined their country. And you learn about the economics in a place like that, or you go to Zimbabwe, where there's literally, I have a, you know, trillion dollar bills. I have money, literally, from Zimbabwe, uh, one hundred million dollars. Right here, this is what it looks like when governments print money, $100 million. Yeah. Uh, and I've got 10, 10 million. I've got a 50 million. They give this stuff out like it's, uh, it's like Monopoly money. Yeah. And, and when you, you have go there and you do that, you Europe think, could well. this ever happen in the United States? It could happen anywhere. If, could it if happen if in you England? Allowed yourself to. Yeah. UK yeah. has had a pretty bad history of inflation. Yeah. It could happen here quite easily. I mean, I think the U- right. US would be harder for various reasons, but yeah. 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 All anyway, right. so like, so may yeah, I bring you back to the point where we, we go into part two, which is the practical <laughs> yes. responses, the yeah. positive stuff that you were trying to get me to do. It's funny, we had to, to just, just sort of talking a, a bit about this and then the meta discussion, discussion about the discussion for a second. Yes. It's funny how inflation becomes two things, possibly very emotional. Yes. Secondly, there's a victim mentality that you picked up a bit on with me, which I've certainly yeah. yes. seen a lot with the uh, e-commerce sellers I've dealt with, yeah. understandably. And then the third thing is, yeah, it's, it's an emotional topic, isn't it? It's, it's because you can how- see I have a little, maybe not anger, but you. I guess what you're saying is we go through this cycle of emotions like denial. Maybe. Then you get what? What's after? I can't remember the. the well, you took about the the, uh, the whole the um, denial. Then you got uh, acceptance, and then you got like <laughs> blaming and like you know. Then you then you accept it at the end or whatever. But anyway, like, this is the the grief kind of cycle. Yeah, like, a, I think we're yeah. going well outside our competency. Okay. But yeah, Let's you're right. There is some emotional kind of relationship to inflation yeah. that we have to deal with. And you're right. You picked up on it. I think uh, yeah. there is something about it that we have to. Yeah. The the thing is, w- let me just kind of put it simply. Maybe this helps that. 
small business owners, we, we've got to deal with reality as it is. So, like yeah. Perry Marshall says, we need to live in the is world, not the should world. Because that's if right. we live in the should world, that's the place for pundits and political ranting and goodness knows Facebook rants. Yes. And actually, I would suggest to anyone that if you're facing the kind of stuff that I've seen my clients facing, that you just need to get your head on and just go, right, what's my business like response yeah. to this? Hey there, folks. Thanks so much for being willing to listen to an episode that's about sort of pretty hardcore economic thinking and macroeconomics, I suppose, the big picture stuff, literally global economics. And I hope you realise this, not just the indulgence that we, that Jason and I are getting into this, but it's just not only all the pundits on TV talking about it, but the actual e-commerce operators that I know are really, really struggling with very sharply increased cost prices for themselves. The question becomes next, what happens with the wider consumer market, i.e. can they pass those costs on to the consumer, which is another question. Today we just dealt with the question of is inflation happening and if so, how, you know, why is it happening? What are the drivers? What are the factors that drive it? And I think it's worth taking a bit of time out to figure out your personal view as the CEO of your tiny ship or your medium-sized ship, if you have a medium-sized business, to take a view on the weather, the economic weather you're sailing into. And I don't think that's a luxury to take that time out from the operations focus. I think it's a necessity. If there's ever been a time when operating like you did last year was going to kill you, I think it could be this year. And 2020, goodness knows, had its challenges, but I think 2021 is proving to be even more challenging on the supply side, i.e. getting goods and getting them transported, particularly globally, but not only. So the factors that we talked about um, with is inflation happening, I, I think broadly speaking, it's certainly happening in the e-commerce sectors that I'm familiar with, the people that are importing from China to UK or USA. They are seeing very sharp increases indeed in the freight costs, 400% increases, crazy 300% very much along those lines consistently not just one or two unlucky people and uh, the factory prices in china definitely going up as well and india and other places like that obviously struggling hugely with covid at the time of recording early june 2021 so is it happening i think it is and the fundamental factors behind it as we've discussed supply and demand economics 101 really big demand in 2020 maybe still filtering through the system really restricted supply though of raw material goods freight any kind of logistics it's really a big problem the other economic factors i guess you could talk if you want to get into obscure but i think possibly still relevant economic theory is that the, the, the labor market isn't that tight at the moment in the uk us etc but it is tightening up in china where people are of course the main producers of a lot of the goods that many of us sell and then monetary supply also comes into it. If the government starts printing money sooner or later, you've got more money chasing uh, the same amount of goods and services. Really, if you're Milton Friedman or one of his followers are the monetarists, you will say that that's the primary driver of inflation. Well, it's certainly been out there for a while. The question is when those chickens come home to roost. I'm not going to give you the answer to that, but I certainly think it's something you need to educate yourself about and see coming potentially. So learn to read the weather, if you like. The third thing is government policy. Some Some... Big stimulus money as well as the QE has been happening. And, uh, you know, if you're a monetarist, as I said, that's the main driver of inflation. If you're a person that believes that Wilson Friedman was right and governments are the main drivers of inflation, they certainly have a very big incentive to do so because they have just giant debts. A lot of developed countries had very big GDP debt to GDP ratios, I should say, i.e. they had far too much public debt carried by governments. But since COVID, that has really mushroomed. So that implies also that future tax rises will pay to pay for that will also be added to 
the mix which will generally speaking push inflation up as well as obviously directly hitting us as business owners in the pocket so this was the not very fun piece where we talked about what's going on is there inflation i think our conclusion is probably yes and what the factors behind it if you want to get more um, notes to look at some of the links and do your own research and i would i'd advise if you have any time spare at all that you should be doing this if you're very busy in your business during the day evenings weekends educating yourself i believe is is always going to reward you then check out our notes at theecommerceleader.com that's theecommerceleader.com no hyphens or anything if you find that you're on your own with this stuff and you need other people to bounce ideas off i would recommend joining a mastermind or potentially getting a coach both could be good if you don't have a dedicated time for reflection on your business i.e thinking like a ceo for your business you're mostly just wearing other hats then it can be even more important to dedicate that time in your week or your month to that activity if you want to check out the mentoring that uh, i offer it's an amazing fba.com forward slash mentoring that i being michael of course bought the british accent uh, if you want to check out what Jason's offering they, these days, they also have a mastermind as well as their wonderful coaching program. Go to winningonshopify.com and you can check out what we have to offer there. The final piece I would say on this is whether you join a formal mastermind or however, however you achieve it, having the ability to compare notes with other people in the similar industry to you is extremely helpful because it can sometimes feel like you're the only person experiencing something and then the other hand, there's the very vague and terrifying stuff that the news media puts out. And in between, there is not that middle ground where you can figure out what other people in your industry are doing. So now is a great time to be part of a mastermind. I, I would really strongly recommend it, whether you ever come near mine or Jason's or you go somewhere else. That's one thing. But the actual act of being able to compare notes with other people in the same industry is very important. And in tough times like now, never been more important. Thanks for listening. That was the e-commerce leader podcast with Michael Vesey in London, England and Jason Miles in Seattle, Washington. If you liked this content, don't forget to subscribe to the show on your podcast app for free resources, including PDFs and videos on topics like traffic, products and sales channels. Just go to www.theecommerceleader.com. No hyphens, just as it sounds. Thanks so much for listening.